Ladies and gentlemen, very proud to present to you episode two of The Midnight Mystic. Uh, episode two of The Midnight Mystic is a review show of The Midnight Gospel episode two, a Netflix show brought to you by the insanely brilliant genius mind of Duncan Trussell and Pendleton Ward of Adventure Time. Uh, in this episode, they interview Annie Lamott as well as Raghu Marcus. Um, from the Love Serve Remember Foundation. And it's a really trippy episode where they bring us into coming to terms with the fact that, hey, one day we all got to flip the switch and say goodbye. Um, But facing that and coming to terms with that, as opposed to being afraid of that, can be really empowering. So in this episode of The Midnight Mystics, we are joined by our very good friend, Alicia Sunflower, Um, also known as Alicia Gleason, um, who is a really rad priestess um, that does her work with her partner Malachi Rose. And I met Alicia when she was doing her full moon circles in Seattle, Washington. And uh, she was was really great to come on our show uh, while we're still in our infancy and bless us with some of her messages and some of her wisdom. So without further ado, we start this episode just having ended episode two of The Midnight Gospel. So if you haven't seen The Midnight Gospel yet, we do encourage you to watch that because there will be spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Okay, so I had this idea to do this show, which was a review of Midnight Gospels, this new cartoon on Netflix, which you guys have both seen. Um, And... I'm starting to regret the whole concept because that was so profane. Like that was like what came to mind is shadow work when we were watching it and we saw like all this death and all of this kind of like torture and stuff like that. I was like, man, this is a bummer of a show. But what they were talking about actually offered a really interesting contrast of like radical acceptance. Right. And like, I, I kind of feel like, Annie's point was that the sooner that we accept that everything is temporary, the easier everything becomes or something along that nature, like non-attachment in a way. Did either of you pick up on that theme? I guess I can't help but just like respond to your question with like what's so alive for me. The, The juxtaposition of this like hellish nightmare scene and then these words that Annie was speaking about love and non-attachment and death and acceptance. And um, I see that and I just see this like profound mirror between the society and reality that we live in now to what was being shown there. And the key to like transcending this reality to shifting this reality, being through the wisdom that Annie was speaking. And, and Clancy and what's the and male dog, I guess. I don't think he had a name, but <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like completely struck by that. The contrast. I also just this like reflection of the whole story of this paradigm of these like parasites and their meat and like the air is clearly toxic and like the, you know, this like Hollywood glamification of this like destructive, insane society. And that, like, as our heroes are going through this, you know, they're also speaking about, like, 
what it is to accept like the depths of this grotesque suffering that they are in and to like find that that place of love so it's like this reflection of our society and our current world and also a kind of revelation of what it is to move in this space to ultimately an ending that was completely like full of gratitude and love and like peace and so I feel like there's just like these rich seeds within this episode for potential understanding of the world we live in and how to like move into something else. Um, yeah, there were so, so many things that stuck out to me. Um, but first of all, about him picking his avatar as a Braxis, uh, because a Braxis is like this ancient Gnostic uh, concept that's like the kind of the rooster head with the snake feet and one kind of like dangly tentacle arm and another one that like has a shield and there are these old Greek coins and it was a concept around like 100 to 400 BCE. Um, it, it's a uh, the the representation of like the grand archon or like this uh, creator of the physical and there was this whole relationship in Gnosticism to rejecting the physical in favor of the numinous and you know like uh, kind of seeing physicality as innately corrupt and so I think that uh, that contrasted with what um, what was the the woman's name that was speaking as the deer dog. Um, Annie, I believe her name uh, was. Whomever she was, she, she was speaking about uh, Annie. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, and she was coming at it from like this. So, so basically, the physicality is the shadow aspect that's being denied and being like co corrupted into this very like, and it's the phantasmagoria of all the, all the things that are going through is so uh, carnal. You know, meat, just like meat is nice, and all these things are in the background. Uh, and yet, Annie's talking about like meeting the messy side of life with laughter and with uh, like embracing it. And, you know, I was thinking about elderly patients and like taking care of people that need physical assistance, going to the bathroom, like that one scene of, uh, <laughs> it was like, you know, she was trying to help them go to the bathroom. It was just such a like awkward thing, you know, especially in their situation, but it was just, uh, yeah, there's so many uh, dichotomies that are kind of like in play in that uh, the whole episode. Well, when she, when he ha, when Claire, Clancy had to go to the bathroom on Annie's head, um, in the stall, I was just thinking like, oh, she is embodying, um, like, just, um, what's the word? Like equanimity, perfect equanimity with all situations, with all things that are to come. Just like, it doesn't matter. Like to us, it's really gross because we put ourselves in that situation. We go, God, that's a terrible situation to be in. But um, I think her character is like, through meditation and mindfulness practices, um, I wish they had gotten more into her philosophies and her beliefs, but um, overall, like just pure acceptance, acceptance of everything in every situation. Um, that's interesting what you said about Abraxas being the manifester of the non-material into the material world. Um, I need to do some more research on that. But you mentioned the physical versus the uh, numinous. Uh, I'm curious what the word numinous means to you. Uh, just uh, ethereal, metaphysical, uh, spiritual. They're, they're all synonymous. Just yeah, the what what's called non-physical. You know, I think it's just 
I think there's a false dichotomy. It's it's a fuzzy line that distinguishes the two. Like, because mind affects body, body affects mind. Um, it, and the dualism seems to be just a really strong illusion. So, and, and our language is inherently categorical, and we have to put things like this, not that, this is not equal to that, whatever. But sure. I think, yeah, so sure. numerous just meaning, you know, like uh, the, the harder to see, the, the more subtle, I guess, aspects of the inner, you know, so there's a lot of fasting and asceticism in the ancient practices, the Essenes and various people would wear uncomfortable clothing and, you know, even different yogis in times now will put themselves through incredible physical duress to transcend their sense of being just a body, just meat, you know, and like be this transcendent thing. Alicia, one of the things that uh, Annie was mentioning was that um, it's a challenge to laugh at that, which is hard to laugh at, but that there's a lot of therapy in uh, laughing at difficult situations, like finding that space. I'm curious if that's something that you agree with. I do think so. Um, and uh, I thought that cartoon was doing a very good job of giving an example of how to laugh at that moment um, with the, the, you know, the juxtaposition of the grossness that was happening behind her as she said that. And um, I do think it's important for us to be able to have, you know, they call it kind of gallows humor. Um, but not to the point that we would bypass the pain, but to find this kind of like intricacy of um, uniqueness, even within the kind of the horror, the pain of the grief, like ultimately to transmute it. And there are many ways to transmute these affects that weigh us down and are heavy. And um, laughter in the right times can be a very powerful medicine for that you know, process of transmutation. One thing that I thought was really interesting at the end was she said, all pain turns into medicine. And I, that blows my mind. That blows mm -hmm. my mind to think about how every mm -hmm. single time we experience pain, we, we grow from it in some way. As undesirable as that is to, to want to experience pain, that every time that we do, we change and we we evolve and you know thinking about death and thinking about cancer and thinking about all of these things my brain wants to compartmentalize all of this as like oh those are bad words don't say those words because you don't want to invoke anything negative but I also think there's a responsibility to address the truth of the world that we exist in objectively so i think we need to be looking at these things because these are these are this is how we should be applying our work is to to healing these things right yes i absolutely agree with that and um you know it's like grotesque as the imagery was of this society like again this is a reflection of the truth of the world we live in like we you know, slaughter billions of animals to feed ourselves. We rape the forests. We, you know, dig oil out of the earth. We poison our skies, geoengineering. We poison the water. We poison our food. You know, like there, we live in a world that's like this, and there is a lot of darkness, many levels of you know oppression within society, um, and this is the truth of the nightmare in which we inhabit right now is a way that you could look at that. So we got to look at that 
And ultimately, yes, I do think even within the depths of that darkness, of that pain and that suffering, which so many of us experience personally in profound ways, is indeed the antidote. The medicine is within the sickness. The healing is within the disease. Um, I think it's a matter of, again, coming back to that process of transmutation and seeing ultimately how all of these expressions and experiences of suffering, of separation, um, are ultimately here as a part of us remembering our union with Source to help us to move through this like epic tale of forgetting and then remembering. Um, and without that suffering that we hold as a part of this whole illusion of this, this dreamscape in which we inhabit, we wouldn't necessarily have the right prompting perhaps to experience the fullness of who we are. You know, I feel there's a divine order and a divine plan to all of this. And so we can trust that there is medicine and healing within the suffering. Um, what we seek is, you know, right in front of us. Um, but it, it's a matter of transmutation and how to shift that energy. Are you currently offering any personal services to anybody that might be looking for um, healing or um, like insight or counsel, like not official counseling, but it, intuitive guidance perhaps? Yeah, totally. While I no longer do like mental health therapy per se, that box doesn't work for me. Um, I do practice different kinds of soul purpose mentoring um, where I'm helping people to connect to their most true authentic self and bring that forward and be the medicine that they are meant to be in the world. Um, helping them redirect themselves to their spirit ultimately. And um, I also provide divination, tarot readings, insight readings, things like that. So those are my services right now. Hey, Jordan, I'm curious if you wouldn't mind telling me what you think reincarnation means. Like, what, what do you, how, how do you define reincarnation? Uh, I think in one really practical sense is uh, you are what you eat. Um, we reincarnate whatever we take in, like it, it becomes our body and we take on certain bits of it. It's like a, an exchange. Um, we are reincarnations of our ancestors just genetically, uh, not like, you know, perfect reincarnations. We're mutations, uh, you know, but I, I think there's like a... There are different angles to approach that uh, with it, like the more transcendent concept of there being uh, uh, transmigration of souls, which is, I guess, more of the like traditional Hindu, the ancient thoughts uh, across many, uh, you know, cultures, but popularized, I guess, in the East, um, in the Indus Valley. And yeah, I, I kind of don't really have a set uh, perspective on it. I just see a few different models that uh some of which seem more on the harder to prove side and some which seem really tangible and uh evidential like uh I, i'm a rean if, if i act as much as i can like another person i've reincarnated them up to a certain percentage so i'd say it's a qualifiable or a quantifiable you can measure oh okay you like this kind of food, you listen to that music, you do this on Saturdays, you don't do that on Mondays, you, you know, and you have things that are different than that other person. And that that's the extent to which you're not reincarnated by them. You're reincarnating some other 
ancient pattern, uh, but that the repetition of pattern is really what the, the thing is about. Uh, when you hear a, a song, it's like, oh, the chords are different in the verse and the chorus, but then there's that the verse sounds similar, uh, similar melody, slightly different words, you know. <laughs> right. But a continuation. Just but a continuation, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're reincarnating ancient poets every time we read their poetry and uh, teachers of different concepts. We're uh, recapitulating their, their impression of which they were an echo themselves of previous forebearers and uh, progenitors of all types. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, they, Annie was saying that uh, we were all born with different issues, which would lead us ultimately, karmically perhaps, into situations um, to learn lessons and uh, to, to transmute the issues. The patterns are the signposts of the internal pattern that we came through to work out, whether that's a part of the gene pool or however we came to exist, um, that we are born with certain patterns that have us fall into the same routine over and over and over again in life. And I'm curious if either of you have experienced that where it's like, wow, why is this happening to me all the time until you come to the realization that it was happening to you because you personally had to um, work past it, like like getting to the end of a level in a video game or something like that? I definitely have had those experiences, um, to be sure. Um, I feel like there's this piece of it where it's there's always something that we hold, you know? Like, we can only ever really change our own internal landscape and our responses to things. You know, how are we responding to things? Like someone does something and I perceive that they are doing that to me because of this X reason and so forth and so on. And I have this automatic response and then I feel this way and then I hold this energy and I move forth and, you know, I'm like, oh, so-and-so did this to me. But then to like be in a place of witnessing with that behavior and to notice that these patterns um, are actually something that I am recreating um, and bringing that consciousness to it so it's not unconscious, recognizing even that like these different aspects of me that become alive in certain triggered experiences are like Jordan's talking about, we are our ancestors. And I believe that's not just physically, absolutely physically, but like spiritually, there is a connection spiritually and you might even think about it like Richard Rudd talks about in uh, the Gene Keys, which is fabulous if you haven't explored it yet. Um, the 44th Gene Key, the Synarchy, he talks about the fractal nature of consciousness. And this idea of reincarnation is that we actually are our ancestors. Like we are all part of the same fractal. There's not necessarily this one soul having all these lifetimes, but it's this larger consciousness that's all intimately connected, that is experiencing all of these different lifetimes. You can kind of flash into them. So even that level too, like spiritually, psychologically, because those are deeply interconnected, the patterns that I inherit, I have inherited from my like spiritual gene pool, my physical gene pool, my environmental gene pool, like recognizing all of these different patterns that are alive within me are not even necessarily mine, but coming alive to them 
in the present, understanding that I can shift them, I can change them. And then that is like that, that leveling up that you're talking about, seeing that I've been carrying something unconsciously that's not even necessarily mine, that's this repetition of pattern through time and space and dimension. And I now as a co-creator, I'm shifting it and changing it for myself. Um, that's that next level up, you know what I'm saying? Plus, plus, plus. Thank you. Hey, Alicia, you're a genius. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing your gifts with the world. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> um, Jordan, appreciate having this conversational space. <laughs> yeah, Midnight Mystics, baby. We're just, this is just the beginning. We got a lot to talk about. Um, we got a lot of work to do. Woo. And I love that name, too. <laughs> Jordan came up with it. <laughs> Jordan, what what is the midnight mystic? What is the what what what's a mystic? What what is mysticism, Jordan? Or or do you have anything to say about mysticism? I got so much to say, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, mysticism. It comes from an old Greek word. Uh, it's like mystikoi, something along those lines. I'm not pronouncing that right, probably, but uh, roughly means initiated. So it's like someone who goes through a process of uh, gradual experiential revelation of experiencing knowing something by experience and having a certain connotation where you start off getting the baby food and then you develop your teeth then you can chew on the heavier stuff <laughs> your stomach isn't ready to digest it you know that, that kind of metaphor of um you have to build discernment and learn how to listen to things in a subtle way and understand metaphor and uh we were talking about one of the last ones about uh christ's way of you know saying to the public i talk in parables and riddles you know but to the inside circle i tell it like it is just plainly you know and, and what you hear told plainly go tell plainly you know because all things all things are going to come to light nothing will be hidden so a mystic is someone who generally uh seeks theosis uh in like the eastern orthodox uh, tradition that word has come to be associated with someone who goes through a lifelong process of theosis which is a gradual unification with with god and uh theoria is the penultimate uh achievement the gnostic experience non plus ultra uh where we get the word theory from which in the original sense just means observation um something that you've seen happen and that others can see happen you know uh so there's a, a witnessable thing you know it's like my soul is a witness to uh, itself, almost. Like Paul, in his writings, I, I'm not a Christian just to say it, but I do have a huge appreciation for the Bible. Grew up in that. The Apostle Paul said, now we see as though in a mirror darkly, but then talking about like, you know, after we've all gone through the, the grand process of whatever this all is, uh, then we shall see clearly. But he says mirror, we see now as in a mirror darkly. And so it's kind of like, the self seeking the self, uh, the, the Psalm 42, my heart longs to, you know, as the deer pants after the waters in the river, so my heart pants after the deep calls unto deep, and I wish to stand before you. When can I come and be before the face of divinity? And yeah, so that's uh, the mystics, like Rumi and Hafez, they're all mystic. We're all mystics. <laughs> Sweet. Um... Did, did, is there anything about this episode that 
came to you. We're going to wrap it up because we like to keep these short. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Alicia. Um, I'm curious if there's anything else about the episode that just you caught you as interesting or, or you wanted to share with this, with this audience on this episode. You know, one thing that um, it, it's personal, but it kept coming to me was that I totally had a dream like of this episode, not exactly, but I, I had a dream once that was like a very, not a fully lucid, but a very aware dream um, where I was in this kind of like hell house of clowns and like darkness, like deceiving and like this, um, you know, they had the carts, right? Where they're like rolling the deer dogs. That's such a cute name to deer dogs along, you know? Um, to like ultimately like they're undoing you know and like uh, that was happening to me and my husband Malachi, you guys know Malachi. that was happening um to us essentially but different and it was just like this hall of mirrors and so I just like kept thinking of that dream as I was watching this episode and being like I dreamed this so that's it was super interesting to me that that came up. And I think that's another reason why I was just so struck with and alive about this, this deeper um, meaning of what is occurring in this episode and the opportunities that we have to see um, important reflections of consciousness and like this gift that um, plant medicine, ayahuasca, um, which is behind me here, um, and this vela here, this decoration, um, has taught me is the importance of embracing the darkness. Um, to understand that you are held in the depths of love, even in these depths of darkness. And um, sometimes, you know, like <laughs> we got some hellish stuff happening on this world. That is truth. Um, and ayahuasca taught me you must face that truth fully within yourself, within your own life. Um, and then like Annie speaks about, you know, that's the ultimate path to love, Christ. They talked about Christ on the cross, you know? And that at that moment of death, he felt love because he knew he was one with everything and all things. He wasn't dying for our sins. He was dying for his love, you know, his love for all of us as his one king. So just that... <laughs> interesting um you know synchronicity of my dream and, and the reflection of reality um bringing forth for me yeah this these importance of lessons of diving deeply into facing the truth of the darkness to ultimately face the supreme truth of the one life of the all that is that you are that i am that we are you know it's so funny i'm so happy to see you today jordan i just want to say because i think the first time i ever met you and really heard from you, you shared that God fractal poem at Own Culture. And I know it's not your poem, but you recite it so well. And I was just like, oh, yes, like this, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm like so deeply alive with like the fractal. Um, it's like God fractal and the fractal consciousness and like seeing the fractal and everything is like alive for me and like this episode has so much to say about the fractal nature of everything. It takes way more than 35 minutes, but true, true. it's good to open up the, 
right? It's good to open up our consciousness to having important conversations about things like this and like cartoons. <laughs> cartoons, man, like, you know, um, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, like there's some amazing anime, like there's truth in cartoons and like it's getting through the ethers of the matrix, you know, out there through cartoons. So yeah, having a show dedicated, you guys, to talking about this cartoon, I'm like, I got two episodes in, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to talk about this. This is important. So yeah. well, one thing, um, one thing, bringing that, an awareness to the truth of things. You know? I appreciate that. Um, one thing, <laughs> uh, just, I, I have to mention it that you uh, you were touching on with uh, with um, with our our ultimate soul's purpose being in service to love and that love is always holding us no matter how dark it gets. Um, uh, it, it happened real quick in the episode, but she was saying that what love is, is generosity. And, and Raghu, Marcus and Annie are real people that served for uh, Ramdas and they, they serve in Hawaii at his meditation retreat and their foundation is the love serve give foundation and um in that way that we are all fractals self-love is giving to another because i believe in the law of reciprocity and so whatever we give to another person we give to ourselves ultimately in that moment like there's no need for um a refund or <laughs> anything like that to happen it's like the refund is instantaneous because it's that transfer of care and the transfer of um, appreciation and gratitude and all of those things are encompassed in the experience that I feel when I think of what love means to me and um, so yeah the love serve give foundation is really beautiful and I recommend anybody listening to this to go check out the love serve give foundation and um, Jordan I, I, I know you've been listening for a while um, do you have any uh, do you have any words for us? Love you guys. Love you. Uh, I, I like the song that uh, Duncan, well, Clancy sang uh, when he was talking about, oh yeah, I love worm songs. All the best worm songs of the 60s. Uh, he said, down in the dirt I will fall because death makes me love us all. That was like his little song that he made up. Um, I just thought it was interesting and, and how like worm, the etymology for the word worm is where uh, basically like dragon, like worm. Uh, there's this connotation that connects it with uh, dragons or serpent-like thing that lives underground, you know, and the whole connection with snakes, uh, the legs of Abraxas as avatar were snakes and the caduceus and the, uh, the uh, rod of Asclepius, the, uh, the snake symbol, and also being connected to the venom slash anti-venom uh, analogy that like Alicia was saying earlier and like the episode conveyed uh, that the antidote is within the, the poison, some mysterious way, in a paradoxical way. And uh, so that gives great hope, you know, alchemical hope uh, that we can turn lead into gold uh, within ourselves and in true wealth, you know, we can take that which is heavy and burdensome and we can lay that down like with the Christian metaphor, lay it down at the cross uh, for the passion set before us, for the joy set before us, so we can discover divine forgiveness when we embrace our shadows, come face to face with our own inner snake and poison, and we can morph that uh, 
and uh, her book called Hard Laughter, uh, uh, you know, that we can find laughter in the midst of tragedy, comedy and tragedy, those two extremes of our uh, human emotion, our dramatic interplay with everything. So I don't know. I, I took a lot of notes, so I could say more and more, but I just want to... Do you uh, do you have that uh, that that fractal poem ready? Oh uh, yeah! Shout out to um, Zach and What Army if he's still going by that. Uh, otherwise, a nonsense man, the nonsense man, uh, cool guy in uh, Detroit puts out uh, some amazing stuff. Fractal, the magical turtle, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's really an inspiration i got to meet him a few times at different music festivals on the east coast but when i first yeah when alicia uh first met her at home culture uh yeah it's just a cool rap uh so um it's a matter of importance to me to be let's see it's a matter of importance to me to be lucid and aware of what you're able to be since i was able to see the lack of limits of an infinite and this is indiscriminate it isn't narcissistic arson isn't always meant to be destructive it's an art form it is my attempt to start the fire that makes you art more and logic less because logic since the dollar has been off of it i'm something something to bring you back to sanity emphatically empathically I plan to see you mastering the art of your experience so that everyone can benefit and on and on and fractally it blossoms into everything and mindfully we intervene i.e create reality i used to hate this word but now i know its definition and i learned to trust my family i see all seven billion so i deem a time to dm to you all with my opinion and i pray to one to pray to my creators that just one of you will listen because the light and divine truth is always inside you i'm here to remind you that you are not what define not what divides you you traveled through time to arrive at this line, and now you are in a vessel designed to invent and define truth. Illusion divides you, but you are the limitless bind through which everything vibes through. I need only remind you that you are, I am the Illuminati of my own reality. I am not afraid of those who benefit from apathy. I am not a slave to any entity or anything. My mission as a cell is reconnecting us with everything. Inevitably, everything is bound to evolve because that's the nature of the fractal that we're also involved with. Revolving around a nucleus, the nuclear really powers us, but I've comprised a theory that suggests we really power it. Power is the act of understanding what you're standing on. It is not the planet I was born from, though the Mastodon is part of me. I'm partially a part of the lost in time and space. I'll remember when the blasphemy off that I am everything, free from the pendulum I may never be, but I control my darkness just enough to make a friend of it. Addendumless my Bible is remembering the ultimate, and every channel text is holy verse because we come from it, and every bleeding heart is my son and daughter, my counterpart, so I will find the others and remind them that we have a heart. We're a part of God whenever we remember, and I'm sure now, endeavoring forever on a quest of showing more how the light and divine truth is always inside you. I'm here to remind you that you are not what divides you. You traveled in time to arrive at this line, and now you are in a vessel designed to invent and define truth. Illusion divides you, but you are the limitless vibe through which everything vibes through. I need only remind you that you are God. Uh, yes! <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. It's so good. <laughs> well, yeah, I just thoughts, love yeah. the way that you do that as well. Yes. Much gratitude. I'm so glad you asked him to recite that. Uh, Alicia, where can we find you online? Um, at the Alicia Sunflower on Instagram. 
um, and then uh, aliciagleason.com. Okay, cool. We will make sure that that information is in the uh, in the episode as well. All right, guys, have a good night. Sweet. Exactly. You too. Much Thanks. love, guys. Much love. So much fun. Thank you. See you guys. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to episode two of The Midnight Mystics right here on Shady Pines Radio. If you enjoyed what you heard from Jordan, you can find him at Conjury Music. That's Jordan Furrow at Conjury Music, C-O-N-J-U-R-Y. M-U-S-I-C. And if you want to find Alicia, Alicia Sunflower is at the Alicia Sunflower on Instagram. You can also find Alicia Gleason at aliciagleason.com if you're interested in obtaining any of her services. Alicia also joined us on a night of open mic poetry for Sanctum Open Mic which happens every Tuesday night here on Shady Pines Media, Shady Pines Radio. And so I captured a little bit of that audio that I want to play for you next. And then we're going to round out this hour with myself and my good friend Chonk with a little song that's relevant to this episode called Worms, Worms, Worms. Catch us every Tuesday night right here at midnight on Shady Pines Radio. And everybody have a great night catch us next week we'll be reviewing episode three of the midnight mystic with my old friend charlie compost and jordan furrow have a good night everybody enjoy the songs and enjoy the poetry now we're going to listen to alicia sunflower with some of her original rhymes enjoy welcoming to the stage alicia yeah. this is called creatrix Do you know what I mean? Who I be? I'm the motherfucking sunflower, superstar being. Guess I come from above. Here to share radiance, joy, and peace and love. Bringing those vibrations up and keeping it flowing like ace of cup. Ancient wisdom, that's what's up. Embodied living, step it up. Spitting truth, not fake shit. Creatrix in this matrix. This moment, yes, I'll take it. It's my life, and so I'll make it. Hey, my perception is the key. Always leaving my reality. From quanta DNA, cell energy, psychology, brainwave, blood psychology. And truth it starts with me. The ways that I choose to see, so to see the change and I wish to see that a deep dive down in the seat of me. Then the fun really begins. Awakening, fighting, transmutation. This path of alchemy and transformation. I'm burning so bright, I'm an inspiration. Sunflower embodies the sun. Sharing my lessons when I get them done. I'm showing you the light of truth by pointing you back to you. Hey! 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 Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Fire! Thank you. <laughs> That's what <laughs> that was so good. Inspired about um, exploring concepts of narcissism and how um, it like arises out of not having been cherished, um, and the antidote to that longing is cherishment. When a heart yearns and aches to be known and loved, it sings the saddest melody of loneliness and regret, calling forth its healing with every breath. If left to sing into the void for too long without love's truth emanating and encapsulating through the warm hearth of cherishment, 
and instead met with the blunt back of a hand, speaking icy poison into the soul again and again. This song may become bitter and coarse like the edges of a rusty blade, ready to cut and snarl in the anguish of unbelonging. The need to fill a hole that infinitely crashes into the black void of soulless isolation. The cries for tenderness from the heart that once yearned become the fists of fury and the heart turns cold and unfeeling, forgetting its origins in favor of the terrible fantasy of narcissism. A self too absorbed in the insanity of its own suffering lost in the illusion of its aloneness, ripe to spread the misperception of this disease of separation through acts of terror and meanness, forgetting, forgetting, forgotten, the true desires for cherishment that could humble and heal any broken heart. To be known, to be deeply loved and valued as a being in all that we are, this deep desire is in fact our contract with source, our birthright as source creation. And when this desire is met by another in our world or within our own hearts, which is all a reflection of the love and cherishment of source divine, it is the ultimate medicine of our freedom, of our liberation into love, but for the soul who has forgotten itself and its part in all things, how can this cherishment be received? What madness of magic can open a heart so deeply weighted in the suffering of its own forgetting? Truly, this is an alchemy to behold, to bewilder us all. Yet did Source not create all things for all to be remembered and restored? So let us douse the parts lost in the illusion of separating, whether within or without, in the love of truth, the belonging that is. Let us cherish each blackened heart as much as each radiant sun. Let us find our way back home through the strength and light of fire and humble caressing of flowing water of our true and utter belonging the worthiness of all souls as the divine children of spirit and remember how cherished by the divine we all truly and always are. You're amazing. Nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was just That was awesome. I'm just going to speak to y'all from my heart as I've already been playing this music for you from my heart. I know that this is a crazy and weird time, but I promise you, this is actually the time that we have all been waiting for because now is the time of rebirth. Let the old systems fall, let them crumble and fall away. Apocalypse means removing the veil, the revelation of truth. Now is that time. Now is the time of the revelation of truth, brothers and sisters. We're here to rise. Let that old shit fall away. Let it be in its demise because smile in our hearts, presence in our in our, our truth we are here to create and rebirth the truth of Gaia through and through so don't doubt don't let fear and the negativity and anxiety and the darkness and the worry weigh you down smile stand tall and proud wear your beautiful divinity crown 
bless you, bless you, bless, bless you, bless you. And always in all things, we got this. Believe, rise and shine, brothers and sisters, because we are the ones we have been waiting for. Ow! And that's seven. Great way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alicia. Beautiful words. And uh, I wanted to play some of Jordan Furrow's music. Uh, so if you want to listen to more of Jordan Furrow's music, go to YouTube and search all one word, Conjure Music, and you might hear a little something like this.
and squirm Spread around like germs in the firm Ground then Come into terms with the fact that we're just worms On this rotten apple called the earth And our girth is impressive as if you didn't get the message Worms will eat your brains when you're dead When your friends bid you adieu On your thoughts we'll chew Then we'll shit them out and fertilize the land Worms, worms, worms Fresh and firm Wiggle round like sperm Burrow tunnels in the dirt I'm afraid that I've confirmed That we're really all just worms On this putrefying carcass called the world So curl up next to the fire, my love And kiss me with your slimy, wormy tongue Overnight we'll multiply, we'll pile baby worms sky high In our precious little home on this pile of dung There are red wigglers, earthworms, tiger worms, and white worms They say they're invertebrates, and I say that they're probably right But I don't even know who they are I know that worms all play hard They have no legs and they have no arms all they need is farms and they're feeling charm. The dirt takes their organic poop, mixes it into soup, and for all our food that comes to us in bloom, I give thanks to the worms. Worms, 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 squiggle and squirm. Scurry around like vermin on the compost pile of life. Guess I've come to terms with the fact that we're just worms. On this rotten peach, this sunny golden beach, this intestinal disease This warm tropical breeze This pile of dirty socks This big old funky rock We call the world Auditory hallucinations Greetings and salutations to all you creatures of the night If you're like me, you stay up late like to have interesting conversations about the paranormal and the limits of human potential within the realms of consciousness. My name is Zachary, and me along with my co-host Jordan, we invite a lot of guests on our show to have interesting conversations. We like to dive deep into the riverbanks of consciousness and psychedelia. Each episode is a hallucination a journey into the realms and the databanks of human wisdom. For the first eight episodes of The Midnight Mystics, which is the name of our show, uh, we will be exploring and reviewing the first eight episodes of The Midnight Gospel. It's about psychology, meditation, non-attachment, interdimensional space travel. So if you're interested in topics like this, tune in every Tuesday night at midnight. Stay tuned right here to Shady Pines Radio for lots of great local music, poetry, and all of the great creative minds that reside right here in Portland. You've been listening to Shady, Shady Pines, Pines Radio. Radio.